there's been more upheaval in the West of Scotland League this week. 13 teams have confirmed they can't take part as long as fans aren't allowed into games. That's seen the conferences redrawn and confirmation there will be no relegation or promotion. In the meantime, fixture secretary Kenny Young has worked like a Trojan to ensure there are games to play this week. Box have gone from Conference C to Conference A, and their manager Paul Kelly joins us on the show this week. We'll preview the new season. Well, we've been waiting long enough for it. While there will be no teams going up or down, we'll take a look at where the winners could come from. It's all here on Down the Divisions. Welcome along for another 60 minutes or so looking at the lower leagues. Well, Paul, this time last week, New Mains were in Conference B, preparing for a game against Ashfield this weekend. Now you're in Conference C and facing a trip to Dal Rye on Saturday. How's, uh, how's the redraw been for you? Still wishing it was a week ago, <laughs> 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 to be honest. Uh, listen, none of these groups are, 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 are easy. They're all difficult, especially when you're New Mains. However, I just feel... This, this group that we're in is, uh, you know, slightly tougher for us. You know, we've got Dalry, as you mentioned there, Drum Chapel, who have obviously spent a bit of money over the, over the, the period, uh, and Lanark United. So it's going to be really, really tough. Not to forget Yoker and East Kilbride as well. So it, it's going to be tough, I'm not going to lie. But we're back playing football. We're going to use this to probably describe it a bit like a boxing match is a bit of a sparring year get some of the young boys in that's blood them in and then hopefully next year I believe that we're going to revert back to our original group so uh, it'll give us it'll give us a, a taste for it I suppose Brilliant, well uh, not long to go now and as ever there should be plenty to talk about tonight, uh, thanks for everyone who's got in touch over the past seven days and please do keep the comments and suggestions for guests you can email us with your thoughts and comments at downthedivisions at gmail.com. That's downthedivisions at gmail.com. Or you can contact us through Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. My name's Tommy Sloan, Ochenlet Talbot Manager. You're listening to Down the Divisions. Sitting Rock's boss, Paul Kelly, is our guest this week. Paul, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us, Gareth. Thank you very much. We'll, uh, we'll chat some more in a moment, but before we do, we've got the all-new Down the Divisions decider this week. Instead of looking for a year, we'll give you four clues for a particular club. It can be any club from League One down, and then we'll give the answer at the end of the show. And you've got the clues this week, Paul, so over to you. So I'm going to give you five clues this week. Usually it's Trust four. You. Trust you. Always got yeah. to go one better, haven't you? Yeah, but you're always struggling, aren't you? And then we'll ask Paul for you've got to get it simple, right? So they were founded in 1879. Well, there you go. If you can't get it for that, you're never going to get it. In the mid-70s, they reached third in the old first division. It's now the championship. They are known for their gable end. Their biggest victory was 12-0 over Vale of Leven in the Scottish Cup. And they have won the Forfarshire Cup 11 times. Can't give the answer now, remember? So keep any guesses. Oh, until right, you... okay, we're going to the end, all right. You'll get it for that. Paul Kelly knows I can tell by his face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm confident with, I'm confident with the uh, nickname. Aye, there you go. There you go. <laughs> See, 
I had to keep the rest of them hard because I knew you'd get it from that. If you just give me two minutes to Google it, you'll be <laughs> <laughs> He's no kid neither. Uh, well, I guess we'll find out the answer at the end of the show. I'm Adam Hopes, co-manager of Drumchapel United, and you're listening to Down the Divisions. Our guest this week is St. Rock's manager, Paul Kelly. Uh, I said at the intro at the intro there, Paul, 13 teams have, have chosen not to take part in the West of Scotland League this season. Um, there'll be no promotion or relegation. What, what have you made of all the, the talks, the, the discussions and the kind of the, the outcomes, if you like, of, of, of what we're going into this weekend? Well, look, let, let's be clear. Let's be clear here. We're in a, we're an incredibly difficult time, uncharted territory, all the all the cliches you want to use. However, at times like that, you need some real leadership and some real vision. And unfortunately, if you're going into the inaugural year of your brave new world, and somewhere in the region are fifteen percent of your teams decide to pull out, that doesn't that doesn't scream great leadership as far as I'm concerned. It doesn't scream good direction, you know. And if we if we were all here as a result as a result of one poor decision along the line, then that would be bad enough. But it just seems to have been a bad decision, then made worse, then made worse, then made worse. So in some respect so in that respect it's it, it's not a good thing for the West of Scotland League that it starts its first year with uh, with more than with what did you say, Gareth? Is it officially eleven teams? Thirteen, as far 13, as I've counted up. 13, yeah. thirteen teams pulling out. I mean, that's just that's not a good sign. I think the other thing the other thing I would say with regards to it is that uh, I remember way back in March when the lockdown started and. Uh, I heard Derek Ferguson say one day, very in week one or week two, about uh, we're all in this together and the football family. And he did say it in a relatively sceptical way because the reality is there is no football family collectively like that. You know, there's, you know going, going through, through all the divisions for the Premier League to the West of Scotland, Tier 7, Everything that's been done has been governed by self-interest. Nobody, it would appear to me, has taken a decision to do what's the right thing for the football, for football in general. So that's uh, that's seriously disappointing. That that part is seriously disappointing. Having said that, it is exciting. My club's my club celebrated its centenary this year. We're getting into our one hundred and first year into a brand new world in terms of tier seven football and a pathway and everything else. We we go forward with a great deal of optimism and excitement about winning a league, your potential to win a league. We go into it uh, with those prospects uh, and, you know, we our fans go into it with those expectations uh, principally because they don't like to see me sleeping on a Friday night, you know, so... <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's a uh, you know I, I think the fact is that it's been a it's been a tough two weeks 
It's been a very, very tough two weeks. I think there's been some terrible decisions made. Uh, but at the end of the day, I know that footballers are desperate to get back playing football and are getting excited about Saturday. I know that as managers, Paul and myself and others are excited about Saturday. And uh, it's been too long. It's been too long. So I, I, we, we go forward with some... You know, we just want to... We, we, we want to get ourselves in the history books again. You know, we want to be in there... First year of the West of Scotland League, making a contribution, do you know, uh, getting it off the ground, these things. I think the other thing I would say, one of, one of the areas of concern, slight areas of concern for us was, are we doing the right things by the fans, by playing football when they're not allowed in? But I think my fundamental answer to that is, if we're not playing football, then the fans are no getting back. You know, the only way the fans will get back yep. is if we're playing regular competitive football every Saturday, which means that the SFA and the Scottish Government need to recognise that we're there. We're kind of, for want of a better expression, in their faces, to use a football term. Mm -hmm. So then they've got a decision to make about fans. If we decide not to play, then they don't have a decision to make about fans. So I think it's the fans' best interest that we start as soon as we can. I'm going to pick up on two points, but they kind of roll into one here on what you've just said. You talked about Derek Ferguson and the football family and moving over as one. Tommy Sloan touched on it last week that, do you know what? We've all got our own club self-interest. That's our job, actually. That's, you know, as managers of the club, that's our job to have our, our club at our heart. How, in a situation like this, Paul, mm -hmm. can you, how can you move as one? How, how can you... You know how how what's the answer to that to say either do away with football to protect everybody or we're all back in. And the second point is about the fans coming in. And I'm gonna I'm gonna use his name because it's a real credit to him. I spoke to Des Roach this week, the Coburnie assistant manager, and he said they've took a decision not to go back because their fans are a big stakeholder in their club. They football without their fans is nothing and they actually have no interest in going forward and playing until the fans can get back in anyway so it kind of wrote that, that question is, is two points to that question touching on what you said but how do we move forward on that? On not not having fans in the ground? Or? Well first of all the first point being the football family is one how We've all got ourselves interest. How do we? How do we? Do we just say right? Because it's financial, Paul. Let's not kid ourselves on, right? So, do we all move? Do we all move? Say right, we're not playing, or because we want to look after each other, or do we say? I, I don't know. I don't know the answer. So, you know, you you touched on it. How would you suggest we we do move forward if we are looking for each other? I think I think the first thing is there's got you, you've got to start from a position of honesty. So when your club's making statements saying things like we're looking after the well-being of our players and then they're trying to loan the players out, you're saying, well, where's your well-being there? Yeah. You know? So right away you've got a situation where you're saying, well, how honest are you actually being with this here? Right? Secondly, we know that clubs are going to take a bit of pain economically. But everybody's going to take a bit of pain. Everybody is taking pain economically. Don't just walk away from it. Don't walk away from it. Take the pain along with everybody else. Share it out. Let's let's deal with it collectively. But they're no, collect, they're no dealing with it collectively. It's just completely and utterly in-house. 
and you know we're not playing we're not playing because we can't afford to pay the wages that we normally pay so uh, so that means that our, our, our squad might be affected which in effect might mean that our, our performances are affected so we're not playing but instead of saying that we'll say oh no we want to look after well-being of our players we're not clear about uh, you know the climate around covid and all the rest of it and the regulations etc 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 and then they go and loan the players out to other clubs you know the situation we you know the situation with players i would reckon i would reckon 98 percent of players will take the economic pain no problem will take the economic pain but the interesting thing for me guys Players were never consulted in this process. Players weren't consulted. This this was decisions made by committee men. Some with less vision than others would be my view. Uh, the direction, I'm not sure how much input people had to the direction of the decisions that have been made and how much was kind of uh, pressed upon them. So, got some difficulties with that, with that back yet as well. The fact is, Paul, going back to your original question, everybody has got to recognise there's some pain involved here, but we all need to take a wee bit of the pain. Don't run away from it. Just take a bit of the pain like everybody else. That's a great, do you know, I never, again, I, I never kind of thought of it that way. Now, another thing that, that kind of cropped up tonight, and I haven't spoke to our committee, so, and I didn't realise this through my sheer naivety, I read a statement from Les Mahego and I love the guys at Les Mahego. Robert Irvin's been great to me as a, when I come into managing at the juniors. He's been really, really helpful. Probably one of the managers that really has been helpful. And, and Andy Irvin, who runs the club, great guys. They put a statement out saying that obviously things are tough for them. They will be starting the league on Saturday, the 24th. They will be going into it but they'll be taking it up to the next stage, which is the 14th of November, and I believe you could pull out the league, and again, I'm only finding this out tonight, pull out the league without repercussions of of any sanctions next year. First of all, I didn't know about it, Paul. I don't know if you knew about it, but secondly, surely if teams then are starting to maybe find the go and get tough, they can. we're in this league and teams start dropping out, surely that's going to get... A bit messy. Well, I think that I think <laughs> again, I, I would go back to fundamentals here, Paul. Right, the starting position is the league management committee are so anxious not to punish the teams that can the opt out that they punish the teams that opt in. Right now, you tell me they've, they've set up this now this second third third actually third date where you can pull out if you think about it this is now the third date that you can pull up right right up until the 14th of november right now so what they're saying is you can pull out up to there without any without any damage without any repercussions now why if you're a club who set out with the best intentions and actually try to be part of the solution if you if you turn around in the 12th of december and say we can't take it any further why should you get punished then? Why should you get punished for trying to do the right thing? 
Why should you, you know, this, this whole idea about you can pull out to this state and then you can, it's complete and utter nonsense. You're, you're, you're so busy looking after the clubs that are pulling out that you're punishing the clubs that are actually trying to get the thing going. You punish them by withdrawing promotion and relegation. You, you're now going to punish them if they get past the 14th of November and find out no matter how hard we try, we can't keep this going. That doesn't make any sense. You know, it, I mean, it, if, I would like to go right back to prior to the meeting, the Tuesday meeting before the Friday vote. That'll make sense to you, Paul. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if it does, makes yeah. sense to people that are phoning in or, or, or listening in. But there was a meeting on the Tuesday night where they were discussing, well, we had a week's notice of that meeting. And the first notice we received by email, they put up three options. One of which was to have football started on the 24th of October. One of which was to delay and one of which was to leave it until next season. So two out of these three options are not football options. That's your starting yeah. point, right? Now, in the week running up to the Tuesday meeting, they involve a fourth option, which is another non-footballing option. So you've put three out of the four options up there that involve people not playing football. What's the message you're giving to the teams there when you're trying to get your brand new league up and around? The message, you know, if 75% of the options put in front of you are for you not to do a thing, what's the message? They don't want you to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, so, uh, you know, that's for me where, where there's a complete and utter lack of leadership. Complete and utter lack of leadership. Uh, I don't know where these decisions came from. And then the decision about, no, you know, then the what I would call, right, what I would consider to be a covert means of introducing the no promotion, no relegation issue, uh, just everything smacks of we don't really want this to happen. It's really good hearing your perspective on that, Paul, because I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you and say, See, all the way through this, the one thing I did feel from Dave McKenna was they were wanting football to go back, even though, even with the emails that are coming out about dressing rooms and stuff yeah. like getting back in. My my perception, in my opinion, was they did, they, they did want this to go back. So it's quite good to hear your perspective. They're saying that four of the, or three of the four options were that you felt that they didn't want this to go back. Yeah. Well, well that, for me, that's the direction that are shown when, when they do that. They put four options up and three of them are delay, 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 no sort of thing. You know what I mean? That's, uh, I, I, as I say, I, 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 did, I, did, I didn't think uh, there was a very positive spin on getting getting the football up and running. Certainly no getting the football up and running for the 24th of October. I, did, I, I didn't think there was a spot. And, and by the way, for me, fair play to all of the clubs who turned around at that point and says, no, we want, to, we want to do it. And other clubs, clubs that I know, had kind of started to inform players, look, we're probably going to pull out of this. But when the majority verdict came in saying we're starting on the 24th, a couple of the clubs turned around and saying, no, we're just going to go for it. We're going, you know, again, for me, almost a sense of duty, almost partly that, we're all in it together. We are a football club. We have the opportunity to play football. We're in. You know, when everything says to you about your club, this isn't the right thing for my club at the moment, we're in too much of a, 
on too much of a difficult situation. So tonight, if I'm, I'm going to use Shorts Bon Accord as an example, listening to this, do you think they would have a case to say, it's all right saying let's take the pain together? We're a club that's opted in. You mean it's a club that's opted in. It doesn't really, of course it affects us, crowds are coming, but if I'm Shorts Bon Accord saying, like, our pain is going to be a lot greater than the new mains, or our pain's going to be, and I know what you're saying, try to sp- spread that burden a little bit, but mm-hmm. other people's pain is going to be greater, Paul, do you think? Well, obviously, obviously, the, the clubs, some clubs operating, there's probably three or four different economic tiers through the West of Scotland, for 67 teams, there's probably maybe three or four economic tiers, and obviously, if you're in the highest tier, uh, with the biggest turnovers, then financially it's going to it's going to be different numbers for let's say new mains because you put them up as an example there, Paul. And certainly, you know, if you're in the higher tier, it's going to be different for, for St. Roxy's as well. But it, 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 we're, we're fundamentally all facing the same problem. We're all we're all we're all trying to deal with the same problem. Or some ways are trying to deal with it, and some ways are deciding not to bother. Some of are deciding just to leave it to next year and we'll deal with it next year. Yeah. You know, and and again, one of the things that uh, one of the things that I think was a was a very early early warning signal from one or two clubs when the vote was made to, to start the West of Scotland League and all that. There was one or two clubs stood up and said they don't really want the what let's call them the smaller clubs. As part of this, they'd be happy not to have the smaller clubs. I think all of their actions up to now, out up to now, demonstrate they don't really have any uh, real respect for the clubs outside of the outside of the Premier League. Would be my would be my take on that. They've not, they're not showing they're not showing the clubs any respect whatsoever. You know, by by introducing this uh, covertly, in my opinion, introducing this no promotion, no relegation, no being prepared to debate debate it and consult the clubs on it. Uh, I just think that's a total lack of respect, that one. Okay, so we'll go back to prior to when we were the juniors and we were moving over. That seems a lifetime ago, doesn't it? Indeed, indeed. For a long, long time ago. Uh, Gordon Ronnie, for the, the listeners, I believe Gordon's at Kilburn. Right? He, he put an action for us to, sit, to stay junior. Yes. He, we, we went to a meeting at Hamden Park. He was wanting us to stay junior. And he said there, they will cherry pick the teams. Mm-hmm. They will cherry pick the teams. And it was, no, 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 no. We're all moving over and we're all going into conferences. And then the Premier League was was uh, was made. I'll speak from a new main's point of view because it suits us. I'd... I've said it on here before. I'm no bothered for playing Ockerleck and Pollock. Mm-hmm. We we know our level in football, but do you think, Paul, this has now been cherry picked? Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. When they established it, when they established the Premier League, that's exactly what they did. You know, the the first of all, they reneged on an initial decision that they gave, they made in front of all of the clubs, where they said there won't be any cherry picking. We'll just we'll draw we'll draw lots to have a to have a. Uh, you know, four conferences. They never did that, so they reneged on that decision right away. That should have been the the, the first warning signs. I want to go back to your point about the juniors as well, Paul. I think there is a a strong appetite, a very strong appetite, 
amongst fans and amongst committee members in a number of clubs in Ayrshire. A strong appetite for Ayrshire junior football to be retained. Let's just do it. I think, and by the way, I'll say this as well. I think it could be a fairly strong economic model. Right? I think the fact is, Cumnock, uh, 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 Auchinleck, Kilwinning, Kilburnie, Largs, Irvin Meadow, they've all got decent, they, they, they all have decent crowds, they all have good home crowds, and they also have crowds who are quite prepared to travel within Ayrshire. They're less prepared to travel outside of Ayrshire. So, they have, for me, there's a model in there that, that, that kind of works. I think the, the challenge that the, the Ayrshire clubs are having and trying to have is they'd still like ask, access to the Scottish Cup and things like that, I think. Right? And I think that's the only thing that holds them back from re-establishing Ayrshire Junior Football as, as a sole entity. Now, I don't think that they would worry if they were called Tier 7 or Tier 14. It wouldn't really bother them, as long as they could run an Ayrshire Junior Football League that meant that if they were still in the Junior Scottish Cup and they won it, they could get into, they could get into the big Scottish Cup. I think the fundamental problem with it is that you can't really have your cake and eat it. You know, we're going to play down here, guys, and we're going to just keep our own wee thing going, which is fine. Uh, but we want all the benefits of the pathway system without ever entering the pathway system. You know, like access to the Scottish Cup and 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 so forth, so on, so on and so forth. I know because I've spoken to lots of them. I know there's lots of Ayrshire fans who don't travel when their team play a Glasgow club or a Lanarkshire club. Because they say they never bring fans down to us, they never bring money down to us, so we're not taking the money up to them. But they would, they would recirculate all of that within Ayrshire. And as I say, the fact, on one hand, there is a good economic model there. And, and I don't know, maybe when we look at the economics in football now, maybe we should be looking at more regionalisation. Where we, we moved away from it, what was that, 20 years ago? We moved away from regionalisation. Maybe it's time to go back to it because the, econ- uh, the economics make more sense. You know, I think I think uh, I think a Lanarkshire type league would have a level of intensity in it that would probably improve improve the clubs in it and and bring more fans back. I certainly bring more fans back. Certainly from right. from that so, point of view, if, if so Les Mahe goes at us at Bells Hill with that, yeah. we'll always get a wee bit more, of course. Yeah. So I think there's I think there's a I think that, that well, I don't think. I, I, I think the evidence, the evidence that I've received through talking to a number of different people, is that there's still an appetite for that in Ayrshire, and maybe we should be looking at it in a in a broader sense. You know, the it, the situation is you've got to remember, see this pathway, see this tier seven pathway. This was Henry McLeish that recommended this back in what 2010 and 11 or yeah. something, or even earlier, and. We're only now getting round there. There must be a reason why we're only now getting round there. You know, I mean, people kind of like the junior game. <laughs> so, so <laughs> would you say, Paul? Would you say that they're they're no interested in pyramid systems? They're no interested in. We'll take Darville aside because I'm sure Mick at Darville will be yeah. to get to the second division. Are you are you saying that you feel that the appetite for 
your Rockin' Lakes and your Cumnocks and your Irvin Meadows are, well, let's just play in our wee, in our wee, wee group and, and, and forgo trying to reach yes. the heights of Scottish League football. Yes, yes. I think, I think uh, Darvo and Kilwinnan aside, I don't think there's a massive appetite uh, to get into uh, an away game on a Tuesday night at Breakin. Yeah, I don't think there's a I don't think there's a big appetite for that at all. And uh, you, you know, I think it kind of <laughs> when you if you actually start to think it through from the economics through to the fan base through to everything else, there's kind of a lot to be said for it. There's a lot to be said for the idea. The other question that I would pose to you guys is, do we really believe that Ayrshire can sustain another senior football club? Do we really feel that Lanarkshire? Could be doing, you know, let's say New Mains or Shots won the Premier League in uh, West of Scotland and, and obviously met all the licence criteria. Do we actually think Lanarkshire needs another senior football team? That's a great point. Absolutely great no. point. And, uh, yeah, when senior football teams themselves are not filling grounds, especially at that kind of lower division where yeah. Leck will get more than Possibly even a city club like Edinburgh City. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing there. I'm generalising. I, I don't agree. know. I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. I mean, you look at you look at Queens Park. Queens Park have just gone full time and the, the lowest tier in, in uh, the kind of prof- what they would traditionally have called the professional game. Their ambition this year is to get up to an average fan base of a thousand people. Right, full time. Look at them. Look at the financial investment there. Mm-hmm. And you know the target is a thousand fans. You know, Auckland like on a good run. I'll take six, seven hundred fans at home. You know, so and 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 the other thing is that it'll uh, it'll cost you half the price to get in at Auckland like uh, well at Queens Park. Good point. Good point. Actually, uh, I mean, we, we've also seen Johnny Miller's left St. Caddox this week. Craig McEwen has left Glen Afton. I just wondered, Paul, Paul Kelly, um, you know, how much were you consulted in St. Rock's decision to take part? And if, based on what you're saying tonight, but if, if they come to you and said, listen, Paul, the committee decision here is that I don't think we should we should take part this season. Would, 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 would you have done the same as, as Craig and walked? Right. Uh, 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 when the when uh, uh, I've flipped and flopped about here, you know, when when the no no promotion, no relegation was put up at first, I thought meaningless fixtures. I thought any budget that the club's got, I can't be responsible for spending that budget this year and leaving leaving the club with no budget next year. Yeah. There were other members of the committee that said we should definitely play. And other members of the committee that said, no, we shouldn't play. And to be fair, the committee says, Paul, you need to consult with the players and then come back and let us know what the view is there. All right. So so we've we've had a very democratic approach to it. And and it has you know, it has come to the point where it's come to the point where uh, the, 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 the 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 people in favour of no playing have been convinced by the rest and and now as I say we've shared all all thoughts about anything other than the fact that we're going into a competitive league there'll be a there'll be a 
you know, a title and a medal at the end of it. If you won it, you'll go in the record books as winning your division in the inaugural year of the West of Scotland League. That's enough for us to go into it with, with a right level of enthusiasm and indeed professionalism to, to kind of do it properly. So, yeah, we, there was a good level of consultation across the players uh, and the committee and the management uh, at our side, Gareth. And I mean, was there, you used the word there, they've been convinced, was there, did there have to be a bit of canvassing, if you like, to, yeah. to kind of turn the doubters around to to see why it was good to take part, to maybe back up some of the, the reasons and justifications you've given there earlier on in the show as to why you should take part? Absolutely. I mean, obviously, obviously, the two, the, the two main reasons that were the, the two main concerns of people who consider that consider the fact that we shouldn't take part. The two main concerns were uh, one: we can't get any fans in, so we don't have any money coming in. How are we going to uh, kind of square that with the players? And again, so so the so the fact was, Paul, go and consult with the players and see what the view view, view is on that. Uh, and actually, I said two main concerns, didn't I? I can't remember what the second one was now. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Players being one, obviously, aye. you get a fantastic support up there, especially like if maybe Celtics away from home. Yeah, that, that's that, that's massive for you guys up at St. Rock, surely. Well, the second point was actually the fans. Some of the committee were, con- I'll the keep committee right, were concerned. Paul. Thank you very much, Paul. You rescued me there. The, the, the same oh, point. Paul, Paul, it makes a change, him keeping somebody right on this show. <laughs> <laughs> the, the same point was, will our fans understand? How will our fans react to us going back to playing football whilst they can't get in? And for me, that was only a question of communication. That's just something that we need to communicate with the fans. And and I do, I do genuinely and utterly believe that we need to be playing to keep that question of, you know, fan attendance in the public eye. If we're not playing that sort of pop, there's too many other things going on, too many other things to make their way into get up the priority list if we don't uh, if we don't keep it in the public eye, you know. So they were the two main reasons for us. I mean, you've got to re- see from if you were a league management point of view, I know they don't have a say in whether crowds are allowed back in, especially at at non-league level but this would be a real opportunity surely for you guys Celtic not allowing fans in at the moment your place could be packed out every week yeah of course just allowed some fans back in Paul obviously we would be responsible and not pack the place out (laughs) (laughs) we would socially distance our fans you know that (laughs) (laughs) Actually, there is an there is an interesting there is something else that I point to. We had an absolutely brilliant lockdown. <laughs> see during the see during the uh, what do you call them the uh, we we did that donate a ticket thing and all that. Yes. Our, our fans were magnificent. Donate a ticket, absolutely magnificent. I'm kind of frightened to put the fat one in front of them doing <laughs> in case it does they love up. It does they live up to the fans. So, so no, we you're right. We've we've got a strong fan base now. We've got a strong fan base. We did genuinely have a good lockdown in terms of some of the things that some of the initiatives that Andy came up with, and the fans the fans bought up, but the fans bought into them all. You know, then you've got Stevie running the rock talk stuff. 
we felt that the, the mental health thing was still a very big issue. So whilst we were told not to gather, we just felt at times, there was times we just had to let people come to the ground and talk about, have a cup of coffee and talk about where they were at. You know, because some people were suffering clearly emotionally and, and mentally at times. So whilst I'm having a laugh about the, you know, our fan base and being responsible, we, 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 we do things responsibly. We do do things responsibly and we do have a, an enthusiastic uh, fan base. Interestingly, the point I'm making about having to play to get them back, we've not really had a reaction to that. So some of them might feel, aye, right on guys, that's the right thing to do. But others might actually be saying, no, we're not happy because you went back without, you know, without any real consideration for us. I would say to them that nothing could be further for the truth. You know that we that we we do consider the views and we we consider the position very strongly and and as I say that's why we think it's important to go back. That's one of the reasons we think it's important to go back. I'm Matty Flynn, striker at County Hearts, and you're listening to Down the Divisions. Amid all the uncertainty, the West of Scotland League have managed to secure a three-year sponsorship with PDM Buildbase. East Cabride Thistle don't play their first game in Conference C till a week on Saturday, but they've been busy adding striker Scott Davidson to their squad. Scott has a wealth of experience in the senior and junior ranks, having had spells at the likes of Stirling, Irvine Meadow and Rossville. East Cabride's Lowland League side, meanwhile, are three games into their season and have so far taken maximum points. New EKFC boss Stephen Aitken told us his ambitious plans on episode 11, and they've started well with a 3-0 win at home to Gallifreydin on Saturday, maintaining their 100% start to the campaign. They're joined at the top of the table with three other sides who have won all their games too in Bowness United, Bonnie Rig Rose and East Stirlingshire. There were some other impressive performances this week in the Lowland League. Stirling University won 3-1 at Spartans, while BSC Glasgow edged a 10-goal thriller 6-4 at Vale of Leven. Hi, Stephen Aitken, East Coast Bayern manager. You're listening to Down the Divisions. Our guest this week is St Rock's manager, Paul Kelly. And you've got Glasgow University this weekend. How, how do you see that as a as a day one game? Uh, I, it's a trip into the unknown to some extent. Right? It's a trip into the unknown. However, I remember back in my Charlie League days, the situation with Glasgow Uni was the, when the league started in July and August, they were always terrible. They always had very poor results in July and August. And it was only when all the students started to come back in September and October, and then you get students from all over the UK and Europe, they, 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 you know, descending on Glasgow Uni. All of a sudden, when it came to October time, they actually had a decent side, <laughs> <laughs> and they done, and, and they always done well for October through to the end of the season. Unfortunately, eh, probably the games they had lost up to that point meant that they never got on to win the Cali League, and they were probably at the Scottish Cup. Before they, before they had their best, their strongest team together. So, I don't know if we're, if we're uh, you know, we're, we're probably not getting them at a great time in that cycle for us. But, I, you know, I think that I think that we've got a good, we've got a good squad of good players. And first game at home, you know, first game of the season being at home, you've got to, you've got to go into that with some optimism and confidence, you know. You've got to go, to, go into it with some optimism and confidence. Without knowing anything about Glasgow, you need, I have to say. I mean, again, continuing that theme, I mean, we're, we'd like to kind of take a look through each of the three conferences briefly and, and the, the Premier League as well and just, just get both of your 
opinions on on who the runners and riders could be this year. I know it's kind of a little bit, you know, you're unsure because it's, it's it's a new league, it's a new setup, and then you throw in the fact that teams have maybe been affected in terms of recruitment and things like this. You know, even I guess some some teams, some players, they kind of feed off a crowd, and there's going to be you know no crowd there to feed off as well. So, I mean, in your in your conference, Paul, I mean. How, how are you feeling in in, in Paul Kelly in, in terms of generally about Conference A and 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 what you can what you can aim for this season and, and maybe talk about some of the other teams that, that you know you've you've got the likes of Renfrew, Craig Mark, Les Mahago, you've got Bells Hill, Mary Hill, yeah, uh, still doing there, Mabel, Anbank, Ardia. I think obviously everybody knows the situation with Renfrew. Renfrew of you know Collins built some decent teams over the last few some good teams over the last few years. I think they've become you know. Uh, they're all playing on their own pitch now. I think this is the third or fourth season into their, new, into their synthetic pitch. A very, very difficult team to play against. Uh, always very well organised, very fit. Uh, play some good football. Uh, so, you know, Renfrew will be the game that, that you don't really need to get the players up for. You know, they'll, they'll be, you know, my... my uh, the, the, the other things that concern me are six trips to Ayrshire. Uh, and and actually the deepest darkest Ayrshire, you know, like May Ball and Craig Mark and Muir Kirk. And this is why Paul was shouting about the Ayrshire teams leaving. He didn't pass that around in there. There it is. The guy, the guy who was this was him. That's the back PD. I'm sorry, but you brumbled me. It's only taken 40 minutes and 35 seconds for the bar. No, I think the I think the trips into the I think the trips into the into Ayrshire will be will be difficult. Never never been able to be comfortable taking a team to Bells Hill. I've never been comfortable taking a team to Bells Hill. It's always a difficult place to play as well. So I think you know there are plenty of challenges in there. I think that interestingly as well, it's going to be in it's a lot's going to be based uh, well. A big factor is going to be how clubs manage the changing situation and all that and how players respond to that. I think it's going to be about players' mental approach going on the pitch, you know, and and, and how how they've been catered for, for want of a better expression, uh, before the game in terms of changing and all the rest of it. So... So these things are these things are going to be big factors. You know, we're going to be introducing factors that we've never had to introduce before, and considerations that we that we've never had to consider before. And you've also seen the effect of that, Paul, in the English Premier League. Absolutely. You see some of the some of the results. You know, Man United's Liverpool's getting, and and they're putting a lot of this down to this lack of planning, lack of preparation. Now these guys are treated like you uh-huh. know they love all the facilities. You try going down to Mabel. I mean, it's. A horrible yeah. run, and by the way, a team has really improved as well down there, haven't they, Mabel? Yes, yes. Really, really have improved. We mm-hmm. we played them uh, back last year, and uh, they had a wee bad bad run of results, signed some players and and turned around. But looking at Paul's group there, you would fancy uh, you would fancy Renfrew, but I'm not saying it because the man's sitting there. We played during a pre-season friendly last end of towards mm-hmm. the end of last season. I'm saying. Because this year, isn't it? End of last season. Well-organised side. No one's going to get an easy game going to your place. And certainly, 
you're, you're going to pick up points on the road as well. So you actually deep, you must be confident deep down of having a right good go. I think we've improved as a team. I think we've signed good players. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I always worry about having a good pre-season. We've done quite well pre-season. I always worry about that. I, you know, I think that we, you know, always like one or two maybe short defeats in there or, or maybe... Maybe playing one of the bigger teams and you get you get a bit of going over. You maybe don't get beat six 0 or something, but you get a bit of going over in terms of possession of the play and all that sort of stuff. We've not really had that, so I, <laughs> I don't know how to deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> in, 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 in Conference B, um, what's, what's, what's the views there in terms of how that's been drawn? And you got Neilston, Gart, Cairn, Irvin, Vicks, Port Glasgow, Greenock, Kaluk, Wishaw, Johnston, Borough, Vale of Leaving. Fourth, Fair of Clyde, Luger and St. Caddox. I think that's a very, very tough one. See, from my point of view, Johnston Borough are kind of, they're going into year two or year three, coming up for under 21s and keeping that collective together. That They'll be tough. They'll be a difficult team to play against. Uh, Gap Cairn, very, very well organised, well coached, Good some, some good players at Gap Cairn as well. I think they'll be in the. I think they'll be in the running. Irvine Vicks is one of the teams that the parks are real leveler for me. The park at Irvine Vicks is a real leveler for me, and and they they, they, they dig out good results. Sometimes you know, kind of against the run of play, people wouldn't be expecting teams to get beat down there that do. So I, I think that's a very tough one. I think that's a real tough one. Vela Clyde as well. The guys that run Vela Clyde, great attitude great. to the game. Great attitude to the game. So. It'll be about how they retain players or what enthusiasm they get out of the guys that come in. The other thing, you know, the other thing that you, you you've got you've got here is you you will have clubs who will sign players who might normally not have got a chance in the junior game. And it's whether they come into that with the attitude, this is a great chance for me and I'm going to you know, I'm going to go for it properly, or they just see it as another game on a Saturday. You know, I think attitude and approach Preparation, as Paul called it there, they're, they're going to be absolutely essential to this season. Absolutely essential. Wisher training the park next to us as well. And I, I've been watching them train over the last wee while as well. And they're kind of looking fitter and sharper. And, you know, they're looking the part. They've had a couple of good results. They started off maybe pre-season a little, little bit slow. But they're, they're going to pick up, pick up points as well. Touching on what, what, what Paul says in Johnson Borough, they are, I think their pre-season results have been really good, haven't they, Paul? What, well, what I've seen of, what I've seen of yeah, them. Yeah, they beat they beat Renfrew. We drew one each with them. Uh, I thought it was a really really good game against them. I thought they played some good football, and as I say, they're a young side, very quick, well organised, and and I I think they I think they get narrowly beaten by Kowinin, but they've had some you know as I say they beat Renfrew quite convincingly, and they've, they've beat a couple of other teams. They've had a good pre-season, I. But you'll not really go back for me. You'll not go by Gart Cairn. While he's brought in some terrific players and Stephen Saunders and Gary mm-hmm. Harkins and stuff like that, and I think that's experience that might might be might be enough to to get them to yeah. the title. Mm-hmm. Paul Kelly, uh, I guess the big question in Conference C is who's going to stop New Mains United? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, have you you've got Lanark in there, PD? Yeah. We have yeah Lanark in there, which is about a bit of a blow. <laughs> I, I must admit, I must admit that, that, was, I was, 
Collins yes. always puts good teams together. He, he does. Collins, Collins a great manager and has been over the course so many times. Aye. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy that we've avoided Lanark. I've got to be honest. I'm happy to avoid Lanark. I think. Yeah, I think you've got a tough. You've got a tough in there. I don't know if I can Thanks, see Paul. beyond them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really. I don't really know if I can see beyond Lanark. To be honest with you. The no. Dalry, Drumchap, Wisco Oh Dalry. Oh yeah. Perthshire. <laughs> Perthshire. Kilside. in there as well. Mm-hmm. Lanark, Lark, Call, ourselves, Royal Albert, Shelton, St Anne's. Thornley with Yoka. Aye. I think Delray and Lanark would be the two teams I would be thinking, mm, right, OK. First two fixtures, Delray. <laughs> <laughs> Delray away, Lanark home. Probably. You're kidding. I, no. I, didn't, no, I genuinely didn't know that. I didn't come prepared for that. To Ken, get it Kenny in. Young obviously heard something on this show that he didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, indeed. No, I think Delray and Lanark are going to be the two teams that... Uh, uh, contesting that one. Agree, Paul Davis. Yeah. Yeah. No. Listen, and I, I, don't, I don't know about Drumchapel because I've seen some of their results and some clippets on you know social media, and they have signed some some players. They're a bit the unknown, but, but if, if, you know guys like Kissy Craig, Wally Dyer, <laughs> Darren McKinnon, all good players, all could play. Yeah. Right up the divisions. They're just going to be they're just going to be an unknown. I don't know what to expect from them. Whether they'll fancy coming to new mains on that pitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and what about the Premier Division? Obviously, I mean, Kilwinning were leading, weren't they, when when things were called to a halt last season? Hockenleck obviously got the title based on points per game, but how, how do you both see that kind of unfolding this season? I think, in some respects, the, the teams that have withdrawn for it make it a very interesting league. Uh, if Kilwinning managed to retain their players, I mean, this is this is going to be a big issue for for everybody except Darvo, it would appear. If if Kilwinning managed to retain their players, then they will they will definitely be in the hunt. Uh, is it fifteen there down here? Fourteen teams in that for fourteen or fifteen? Fifteen, aye. I, I, the dark horse for me will be Rob Roy. I think Rob Roy might come out and I think they'll have a they, they could they will certainly have a, a bearing in, in how that season uh, how that league works out I think um, well, that's true true Paul because Jimmy Kirkwood always seems to you know have really good seasons and they kind of tail away a little bit I see the sign in some you know they've got some big players and spending money down there do you think they can compete obviously Darvo's put a bit of cash in there as well do you think they can compete up there at the top end well, again, it's for me. And over the last six years, the whole the whole question mark around Toon has always been consistency. You know, I mean, this is not the first year I've spent money. PD, you know, they've been spending money for the last few years, but they never seem to be able to sustain a challenge over the over the course and distance. You know, that's that's my concern about them. Yeah, I definitely, you know, winning Kilwinning have been steadily building over the last couple of years and, and seem to be a force. So if they retain their players, they'll be hard to beat. Uh, Darvo are obviously stepping up there and I'm sure there's a great deal of expectation comes along with the amount of cash that's been that's been injected into there. Uh, and, and by the way, I would say I would say on and off the pitch at Darvo because fair play to them, it's not just yeah. players. They've put full infrastructure in. Uh, the whole infrastructure they've improved and, yeah. and, and fair play in that front, you know. Uh, 
So, do you know much about do you know much about Bonington and Clyde Bank? Do you know much about these two clubs? Well, interestingly, Clyde Bank are getting they're getting some good they're getting some good plaudits at the moment. I think Gordon Moffat and his management team. I think they I think they did a great job at Rossville. They came into Clyde Bank and uh, probably steadied the ship a wee bit. Uh, a difficult time when Kieran went away to, because of a job situation. Kieran left and. They maybe weren't they in a great. They weren't they in great shape when he left, uh, and I think they managed to steady the ship a bit. Uh, they, they, they guys. That management team, Moff's management team, is a team that managed to sustain success at Rossville with no budget. So the idea of no budget will not frighten them. Yeah. You know that. So they, so being able to go and get players to play and perform. You know, they, Clyde Bank could be could be round about. I, I, I would, uh, Bonnie, Bonnington, um, I, I wouldn't be expecting much from. No, uh, I, I honestly, my honest opinion is that uh, a number of amic, top amateur teams uh, underestimated the gap between themselves and uh, the juniors. I, I think they underestimated the gap, and no, and and they'll find out. They'll find out this year and next year. It'll take them two years to. To adjust for me, even, that, even the ones that have got money. And that's quite interesting as well for, for our listeners that they, they don't know. This league, as its original format, seven teams were getting relegated out of this league. Yeah. Obviously, teams have kind of been protected in that this year. Yeah. Next year, that's going to be a huge step. You know, seven teams coming out of that. That's unbelievable. Yeah, is there any league in Europe that relegates seven teams? Well, the interesting thing is, we'll need to wait till it happens, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> or ever the... Ever the well, look, because Paul, Paul will have all the Ayrshire teams out. He'll have, <laughs> he'll have them playing in their own league by then. And then he'll sneak in the back door. He's been talking to Big Alec at Gart Cairn, hasn't he? <laughs> I've raised the the same question as I, uh, I said to you two guys earlier. I've raised the same question with my own committee. Does Glasgow need another senior club? You know, like obviously, obviously we've made. I mean, through the lockdown and through the willingness and and energies of of some superb volunteers, we've uh, we've managed to hit all of the twenty six guidelines that were put out right at the start for getting into the West of Scotland League. Uh, we're still short of the license in terms of floodlights and things like that but my view is is that a big is that a big priority for us based on the fact that do we really think that Glasgow needs another senior team and do do we think do we think it's good for the long-term infrastructure of St Rock's juniors to to be traveling to breaking that Tuesday night or to having to charge 12 or 15 quid to get in even at home games you know so so you're quite happy just just to kind of Focusing on that a bit more, you're quite happy with your lot in terms of it's, it's not it's not it's not putting a lid on ambitions, is it? It's probably just being realistic. We've seen so many think, clubs kind of be. I don't think we're putting a lid on ambitions. I think I think the ambitions in myself and some of the committee is that we will we, we would like to be we like to shoot for the the kind of Auckland and Lake model of consistency and being Premier League winners, Premier League top three. Every year, last stages of the cups, one in some cups, one in some leaks, but then that next step into uh, 
you know, third division or whatever, second division, whatever it happens to be. Uh, we, the, the, we don't see the we don't see the benefits outweighing the disadvantages at the moment. Or not. If that was to change, I mean, listen, guys, we could be sitting here in three months' time talking about two or three third division clubs that haven't made it. You know, we could be talking about clubs that are playing up at that level just now who haven't made it because there's no fans back and they've not got any money left. Yeah. So, so and, you and know, the change. Sorry, sorry, PD. And it's snowing outside. That's the other thing as well, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? You know, oh. chuck that in the mix as well. Let's let's <laughs> we've got the pandemic, then we've got the weather, and then yeah. the big Gareth will be loving that. Gareth deep down's a big advocate for summer football. Yeah. 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 I, I said it to Tommy Sloan last week that that I mean there's boxes for and against, but with the pandemic is more prevalent during the winter, during the cold months, and fans can come in. If you've got a choice as a committee, play in the summer with fans or arguably not play at all in the winter, yeah. does that not take an extra box? Yeah, listen, uh, uh, eh, am, I, am I traditional enough to, to kick the idea of summer football out? No, I don't think I am. I don't think I am. I think there are. Well, I think we're a good model. We're a good model because PD said earlier what, what everybody says. You know, if Celtic are away from home or if Celtic are playing a Friday night, you've got a great chance, right? Well, let's take that out of the equation. Playing a summer, Celtic are not playing. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, what does that mean for new mains that Airdrie are only playing and Motherwell only playing? We get bigger crowds in Airdrie. <laughs> <laughs> but I should have you know, said that. Stuart Muller was on the show. He's like, <laughs> That is going to come back and bite me, isn't it? That's going to come back and bite you, yeah. <laughs> that will come back and bite you. And mine and phone me when it bites you. Right? <laughs> no, but realistically, you know, if New Mains and Bells Hill and Les Mahigo are all playing through the summer and Motherwell are no and Hamilton are no and Airdrie are no, which to stop people saying I'm going to go and get my football fixed now? That's yeah, You know, so I think I think it has merits, Gareth. I'm not I'm not uh, completely against the the concept. My name's Chris Strain and I'm the Cohen and Rangers manager. You're listening to Down the Divisions. Before we finish up, we'll clear up the Down the Divisions decider. Give us those uh, clues for the mystery club again, Paul. So they were founded in 1879. In the mid-70s, they reached third in the old first division, now the championship. They are known for their gable end. Their biggest victory was 12-0 over Vale of Leaven in the Scottish Cup. And they have won the Forfarshire Cup 11 times. Now, Paul knows this, Gareth, so I'm going to ask you first. Uh, well, I was going to go Montrose. Okay. Paul? Montrose. Yeah, correct. Very good. I'll tell you, I'm surprised to hear they were formed, they were formed that long ago. Aye, it's on their badge. 73? 79. Very, very, 18, very, 1879. 79. It's still Aye. very early in the development of the game, isn't it? 1879. It's a long time for me. You're just a young fuck <laughs> like me, Paul. <laughs> I, I, no, I'm, I'm surprised they were formed that early. I wouldn't have seen... I wouldn't have seen football being such a big thing out in kind of... Especially Angus. Rural areas. Aye, Angus, Aye. places like that. I'm, I'm quite surprised to hear that. 
<laughs> this is quite good. Well, we've had we've had this two weeks in a row, and we both got it. This is this is a bit I more. Know, like, I need mean, to space this up. I need mean, to space up a bit. The cable line give that away, doesn't it? Well, I, I mean, obviously, and it's still like that. And if you got me, well, it's still the exact same. You know, it's kind of you 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 kind of bump into the turnstiles. You know, you're kind of walking along. You're oh right there, it's here. <laughs> you know, and and between. <laughs> In between a row of houses, sort of thing, you know what I mean? So, so that's never changed. But the, the, why that sticks with me is what I was saying to you earlier about one in promotion with Aloha was actually when, it was us in Montrose that went up that year. Right. So, Fernand were tipped, Jim Lee Fuhrman was the manager, they were a big club, full time players, not that. Dunfermline and somebody else to go up, but it was actually us in Montrose that went up that year. So, I mean, that's how I remember them as well. So, succinctly, you know. There you go. Paul, thanks for. For joining us tonight and sharing your views, and really kind of found it interesting to to listen to the things from a you know a different standpoint, as Paul kind of touched on earlier in the show. You know, looking for looking for the arguments against and for that maybe haven't been raised so so much or in, in the public domain so much. So really appreciate your honesty as well, and uh, we obviously wish you all the best for for Saturday and, and the season ahead. It's a, it was a pleasure to come on. Thanks very much for asking me, guys. And same to yourself, PD. All the best on Saturday, and I hope Likewise, it's a successful mate. season. I hope it's a successful season. Thank you very much, Gareth. Good catch, Hey, good. You too. Don't Cheers. forget, you can get in touch with the show with comments or suggestions for people to speak to. Our email address is downthedivisions at gmail.com. That's downthedivisions at gmail.com. Or you can get in touch via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Do leave a comment which helps others find us and subscribe to get alerts when our latest episode is released. We'll be back next Friday on Down the Divisions.